Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18. Um, Grant, is this a good gospel? This is a good gospel, amen. Uh, They're all good, but um, there's a running joke between um, uh, John Whitaker and Grant Hinson, or which is the better gospel, the the gospel of Matthew or the gospel of Luke. Uh, So um, I'm not sure who normally wins that conversation because they're both good, amen. But it's fun to watch. We'll just say Grant usually wins because Witt's not here. Um, well, just a few uh, announcements just as we get going. Um, Grant mentioned this on Sunday, but we do have some kind of parking signs out there. Uh, we kind of right around that 10 o'clock hour, we're starting to kind of get filled in our, our, our parking lot here. So you can park in the field, you can park in the, the parking lot across the street, or you can park back here uh, in the field. We spent a lot of time uh, clearing out a lot of the, uh, the brush. Uh, praise God for all the work that we did there uh, and that we survived. Amen. Uh, so we uh, plenty, plenty of places to park. It all depends on the rain in terms of where, where you're going to park. Of course, there's still street parking. Uh, so be aware of, of that. What we've typically been doing on, on Wednesday night is we've kind of been walking through uh, different books of, of the Bible. We've been uh, just finished up the book of Zephaniah. We had a couple of different uh, brothers uh, preach in, in the interim. We'll have a few other uh, guys, some of our interns uh, and um, uh, other men in the church be teaching over the next several weeks. Uh, so I don't feel ready to kind of pick up a new book, um, but there's just a parable that the Lord has just men, blessed my heart with that I think would be, be a blessing to our congregation. So we're going to look at Matthew 18, beginning in verse 9. Beginning in verse 9. Sorry, Luke 18. Um, did that just happen? That just happened, didn't it? Um, Luke The blessed gospel of Luke, the doctor, the good doctor, um, Luke 18, 9 and following. Uh, Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee Standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes to all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Father, as we look at this parable tonight, we pray, God, that we would not be those who claim to be righteous. We would not be filled with self-righteousness, but God, we would understand that we are sinners in desperate need of your mercy. I pray that the words that I speak would be, uh, be a blessing to your people. Build us up more In gospel hope we pray, in Jesus' name, amen.
there's parables all throughout the, the Gospels. Uh, this is kind of a, a section of, of parables. He, he begins in chapter 18, verse 1, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Uh, it's interesting when you look at the way, the, Ma- the way Matthew does it and the way Luke does it. Matthew kind of doesn't always share with you why he's talking about the parable. Maybe gives him a, maybe an uh, answer at the end. Luke kind of tells you what he wants you to know right there at the beginning. So in this section of parables, well, the first one is to, to pray and not lose heart. And we see a, a woman, uh, a persistent widow, calling upon uh, the Lord. And then he, going on the same section, he also told them this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. So the picture is here that there's a, there's a gra- gathering, there's a crowd. Uh, some are called to pray and not lose heart. But there's others in the crowd that are looking at themselves as righteous. And not only did they look at themselves as righteous, but they had contempt on others. I said this on Sunday, but every single Sunday we gather, every single Wednesday night we gather, every single Sunday night we gather, there are different kinds of people who walk in our doors. And you never know who they are. Uh, we never know that the, the trials or the struggles or the sins, the specific kinds of sins people are struggling with are within our congregation. Uh, we just pray that the Holy Spirit, by the power of, his, of, his, of, the, of the Word, would take this Word and, and apply it as He sees fit each and every week. This is one of the reasons why we preach the Word of God. We, we sow the seed and let the seed fall on soil, and then God will do the rest. Our job is to make sure that we are ready to, to hear God's Word and to respond in faithfulness. So our text tonight is, is told... Uh, this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Now, you may ask why I, I'm, I'm choosing this particular uh, parable. Uh, in, in the, I love our congregation. Uh, I think our congregation is, is a wonderful place. And uh, if you've been here long, we do care about doctrine. We care about what we believe. Uh, we, we care about uh, the solos of the Reformation. We just kind of celebrated the, the, the Reformation uh, last week. But we care about doctrine. Uh, we care about righteousness. We care about holiness. We care about godliness. And here's the, 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 the danger. When you're a church that cares about doctrine and cares about holiness, you may boast in the fact that you have certain knowledge and you may have contempt upon others. Uh, there's different times in the life of uh, my pastor here where I have seen um, self-righteousness among our membership, and I've seen contempt upon others. And sometimes that contempt may be towards churches, it may be towards a particular movements. And I just want to make sure that even after I, I preach a message like I did this past Sunday about, about making sure that we know the Holy One of God, we have been anointed by the Holy One, we have been filled with the Holy Spirit, we love the Lord. And then there are some who don't stay with the body of Christ, who leave the body of Christ, to show that they were not of the body of Christ. And we can easily point at them and say, look at them who left Christ. Look at them who left sound teaching. Look at them. Rather than saying, oh, praise God. Oh, praise God, it wasn't me. We don't want to have hearts of self-righteousness or hearts of contempt. That is not becoming of a Christian. And, and I just, I fear that will our congregation as we pursue righteousness and holiness and sound doctrine, will we, will, we, will we be a church of Pharisees or will we be a church who have the heart of this tax collector? Well, the parable starts in verse 10. The men went up into the temple to pray. Two men went up into the temple to 
pray. And I think that that begins, there's a contrast there. There's two men and they're approaching the Lord and they're approaching the Lord in a very particular way. And, and I think that the, the audience is going to identify themselves with one of two men, right? Now, this is a story. So Jesus is trying to share this parable, this story to, a, to help those who, who are justifying themselves to identify with one. Now, he's probably speaking to, he's probably thinking about the Pharisees. There are probably Pharisees in the crowd and they would probably identify themselves with the Pharisee. The two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, and the other, a tax collector. Now, we are very familiar with this story, those who have been in the church for any amount of time, but you can imagine hearing this for the first time and hearing those ears, a Pharisee and a tax collector. Right away, people would have said, I'm a Pharisee, and I'm not a tax collector, because a tax collector was an extortionist. A, a, a tax collector was a thief. A tax collector was one who, who sided with the enemy against God's people. They worked for Rome and the Roman occupation. So right off the bat, two men, I'm not like the tax collector and I am like the Pharisee. That's probably what's happening in their own heart. Now, I think we are very familiar with this story, so what do we do? We're not like the Pharisee and we are like the tax collector. That's what we want our heart to say, right? And I... I just pray as we look at this text that we are honest with our self-diagnosis of who we are in this passage. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus. Now you can look throughout the, 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 the scriptures and throughout the gospels especially, it talk often about the Pharisees. And usually when it talked about the Pharisees, specifically how the Pharisees prayed, it says, do not pray like the Pharisees, Right? Uh, now they were standing, that's how most uh, Jews prayed in the day, so there's nothing wrong with, with uh, praying and standing up. Um, but notice that he's separating himself from the community, he's standing by himself, and he prayed thus. And listen to his prayer, God, so he approaches the Lord, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. Now, if someone is going to ask you, uh, when and how did you become a Christian? How would you respond? I heard the gospel. I responded to the gospel. I was baptized. You know, the, the main emphasis there is the I, Right? This Pharisee is not trusting in the Lord. He's not looking at what the Lord has done and what the Lord has, has given. Even the song we just sang, the, that my heart is filled with thankfulness, it's that everything that I have has been given to me by God. The fact that I, have, I am saved has been a gift from God. The fact that I, I think rightly about God's word has been a gift from God. The fact that I am in a church that loves sound doctrine is a gift from God. It is not anything that, that we have done. It is God by his grace. And when we realize all that God has given us, our hearts would be what? Would be filled with thankfulness because we realize that without the grace of God, we would be just like them. The Pharisees prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. So you can see this eyes that he's bringing up, talking about how different he is than others. And how often are we that way? Uh, we see others maybe not being as faithful to the church 
and that thought may come into your heart. It may not say, I thank God that I'm not like them, but it may come down to the first part of the passage, looking down on others with contempt. I can't believe they don't come to Wednesday night service. I can't believe that they missed church twice last month. I, I can't believe that they don't have regular family worship. I can't believe, I can't believe, and there's these, these, these seeds of bitterness that, that well up in your heart in condemnation on your brothers and your sisters. And what you're doing, you're saying, I thank you, God, that I'm not like them. It's subtle. How do we, how do we hold that in balance? Is, is it right and good to pursue Christ? Is it right and good to pursue righteousness and holiness? Amen and amen. But if we're not careful, we start boasting in our righteousness and our godliness and in our faithfulness rather than in the faithfulness of God to us. It's very subtle, church, and we must be careful. So I guess just honestly, are, are you like this Pharisee? Are you self-righteous? Do you treat others with contempt? And, and uh, beloved, our, our church is a wonderful congregation I don't see a lot of contempt towards one another visibly and vocally. But I fear that there's a lot of self-contempt in our hearts towards one another. And I just pray that I would expose that tonight and say that is not of Christ. But notice, he specifies, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, which is maybe another way to talk about a tax collector, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. He said, he's praying by himself, but guess what? He sees the tax collector because he specifies it, does he not? Jesus says that there's two men, one both coming up to pray. This man is the one who's doing all the righteous deeds. He's the one who's faithfully giving to the church. He's the one who's, who's showing up. He's the one who's, who looks the part. But this one over here, who's coming towards the Lord, I'm just glad I'm not like them. And of course, you can look at the text. We won't spend a lot of time here. I, I, I fast twice a week. They only fast one day a year, the Day of Atonement, but he was trying to get, win extra favor with the Lord. I give tithes on all that I get, uh, meaning that all the, the fields that I get, that, all, that I have, rather than giving thanks to God for what he has. And we don't, we don't tithe because... because to get something from God, do we not? We, we, we tithe as a response to what God has given us. Uh, we, we give because we don't want to love our stuff. We give because we don't want to love our things. We give because we want to love the Lord God Almighty. We give things away so God would have our, our heart. Uh, but this man was not giving to his heart to the Lord. Uh, he was giving so that the Lord would look kindly upon him so that he could boast openly towards the world. But there's a change here, verse 13. Uh, but the tax collector standing far off. Uh, it's interesting how Luke points that out is because uh, the tax collector probably would not have been allowed into the temple courts. He was an enemy. He was an extortioner. He was one who sided with the enemy of, of the Roman occupation. He would not have been able to, uh, to come in to worship the one true God. So he stood far off. 
looking and gazing at that's where he wanted to be. This is the, the idea of what I was trying to get at yesterday. If we are truly, uh, on Sunday, we are truly regenerate, we should long to be with the body of Christ. We should long to be in God's presence. This, this is what the, the man was far off, and he longed to be in the temple courts. He longed to be with God's people. But he knew that he didn't have the right to be there because of his sin. Beloved, none of us have the right to be in God's presence because of our sin. Whatever sin it is, greed, lust, anger, jealousy, contempt, self-righteousness. Our sin separates us from God. This man knew it. He would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. One of the signs of when we understand that we are walking in sin, there is a, in a, a humbleness when we approach the king of glory. We understand who we are before him. Uh, we don't come to him in our sin as if he is, has to forgive us. Lord, I, I just have to, you're, you're going to forgive me. No, there's a perhaps there. Maybe do a study this afternoon or this, this afternoon. It's already passed. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, just, you know, go in your search engine on your Bible app on your phone, just type in perhaps, and just look at all the different ways God, God's people go to the Lord, perhaps, maybe even look that in the book of, of Jonah, 2 Timothy chapter 2, 24, and following. But this man would not look, lift up his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This is what the true believer does, is it not? We recognize our sin, right? And we do this every single week when we confess our sins corporately in our prayer of confession. We confess our sins and we ask God to be merciful to us. God, be merciful to us. I was teaching a, a Bible study in Washington, D.C. I was 23 years old and uh, the, the, it was kind of a young church and uh, a lot of up-and-coming people, and I'm like, I can't wait to teach a Bible study to the men and get all these, you know, these young guys who are, who are driven and, you know, educated, and we're going to go after the Lord together. Uh, and I started this Bible study to study the, the life of, of King, uh, King David, and um, it was not what I anticipated. Uh, it, it ended up being one or two guys, like I described, and about six uh, guys who were homeless. Uh, and I'll never forget... Um, one prayer that one of these men prayed. We just opened up in a time of prayer, and he just said, God, help me. Amen. It was so simple. It was so sweet. And it was so true. Sometimes we just need to go to the Lord and say, God, help me, because I can't help myself. I'm a sinner. Be merciful to me. And here's the, the turn right there in verse 14. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Now, I heard this preached recently, and, and the preacher said that um, what you expect to hear is, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified just like the Pharisee. Because remember, there's two men, right? Who, who do you identify with? 
And, and you could almost hear them thinking, okay, the Pharisee is justified by how he lives and how he, how he does. But that's not what the, the Bible teaches here. It says, he went down to his house justified rather than the other. The one who called upon God for mercy was justified, was declared righteous by God, and the one who trusted in his own righteousness and the things that he brought to the table was left unjust. It's ironic that this man said, I thank you that I'm not like other men, unjust, when he himself was unjust. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Uh, the, the calling of the Christian life, beloved, is to humble ourselves in this life. Now, this scripture, we, we may see this scripture come to reality in, in our days. Uh, we saw it in Nebuchadnezzar, right? He exalted himself in this life and he was humbled. We'll see that in, in times throughout our world, but the reality is we're going to see a lot more people who exalt themselves in this life and they will continue to exalt themselves unto the grave. But one day they're going to stand before God in their self-exaltation and they will be humbled. And us who humble ourselves before Almighty God, who, who lay ourselves low, trusting in his grace because of our sin, God will exalt us. And the only reason that's possible because of what the Lord Jesus Christ himself has done, right? He being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very form of a servant, being made in human likeness. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He was willing to die. Beloved, are you willing to lay down your life for others? Are you willing to humble yourself? Because after he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross, the Bible says, therefore, therefore God gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's where history's going. The one who humbled himself was exalted. And guess what? If you humble yourself, you will be exalted with him. If we share in a death like his, a life of humiliation, the Bible says we will share in a resurrection like his. So which of these two men are you like? Two men, two women came to pray at Park Baptist Church. A Pharisee or a sinner who called upon God for mercy. Father, we pray that we would not be self-righteous, that we would not treat others with contempt. We pray that we would humble ourselves, trusting in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, knowing that if we belong to him in this life, we will experience the resurrection and the exaltation of the life to come. God, give us hope. Give us your spirit to live a life that pleases you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Uh, we do have uh, several uh, uh, prayer requests. I'm just going to say just a few things before we really kind of dive in, in, into prayer requests. Um, this is just more an anecdotal thing. We have um, about six members of our church right now who have 